It's time for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. Now, from Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and Belmont, California, here is Maggie and Matthew Paveo. Good evening, everyone, wherever you are. This is A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame football from Belmont and Philadelphia. Maggie, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Kind of, you know, tired. It's the end of the week. End of a long week. It was definitely end of a long, long week for Notre Dame fans. After a puzzling 16-14 to 14 loss to Stan- a very terrible Stanford team. Congratulations, Stanford. You've lost 11 in a row, but you've beaten Notre Dame. What the heck happened I would have given anyone a million dollars if they would have been able to tell me this was going to come happen. Maggie, what happened in this game? I mean, so I wasn't, I was in the airport for some of it, so I could not fully watch the game, which, you know, right. might have been a blessing in disguise. Yeah, totally was. Um, but from what I saw, it just, we couldn't score. And like the opportunities that we had to score or like to make a stop, it just wasn't there. Like things right. were just not shaking out the way we should have had them. Um, but also like, yeah, you have those games every once in a while, but not just Stanford. Stanford at is, home. At home. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it definitely, I agree, Meg. This was the flattest Notre Dame team, the most uninspired home team I have seen in a while. I could not tell what was going on. It was like they were playing at 60%. And and just were puzzled out there. It it was such a step back from how they've looked against BYU in North Carolina. Um, I mean, they beat a six and one North Carolina, I think, or five and one North Carolina team rather handily at North Carolina, and then to come back and lose to this squad is just incredible. Um, they see, looked uninspired. They looked. I mean, ever since you know what you could tell in the first play of the game, Jared Patterson jumps has a, a false start on the first play of the game. And I was like, uh, oh, it's going to be that Notre Dame team today. And it's not like Stanford even played that well. Stanford scored 16 points. If you give up 16 points to a team at home, Notre Dame, you are to win that game. But alas, they did not. Once again, the defense at the end could not stop them when we needed a stop. And once again, there was a no offensive connectivity. Drew Pine was um, terrible. I can't – I just – I don't want to mince words. Um, Drew Pine looked every bit the backup quarterback that he is. Um, missing Braden Lindsay on a wide open touchdown. He threw it 10 feet over his head. Uh, missing other several passes. Only looking at Michael Mayer. You can obviously tell I was frustrated. I did watch the whole game and was very frustrated with the, with the performance. Um, Maggie... Uh, Drew Pine. Let's just quickly talk Drew Pine real quick, and then we'll get to kind of like what was to blame. Drew Pine. What, you know, last week they were talking about, well, maybe Tyler Buckner transfers. What do we think this week? I would like to say that I think we played it like when we talked about this topic. You and I, I think we were very much like Pine is the backup, and we're right. forgetting that, and we were reminded of it this last week, as you were saying. Um, yeah. He's just. He doesn't have it like he I don't know if it's play calling I don't know if it's just he doesn't know the plays or it's maybe a mix of everything he doesn't have the confidence he just doesn't have skills yeah yeah we've had good moments with him mm -hmm. but 
I think that Tyler Buckner should be feeling very well, comfortable right now. Well, I mean, I don't know. At least it'll be a competition. What I will say is that the one thing I think that separates a starting quarterback from a backup quarterback, it, one of the things is consistency. And the other is to overcome and what, so, and Drew Pine has not shown consistency ever. He's been outstanding at times. And other times, even like this last week, you're like, what the heck is he doing? Even the first part of the Cal game, he was a disaster. Um, so I don't know. The other part about especially elite quarterbacks. Now, if you want to talk up and we will need an elite quarterback to take us where we want to go is that they will overcome a bad game plan. You know, and Tyler Buckner certainly has the skills to the play's not there. I will run and I will make a play. Um, Tyler Buckner has that in him. So and where Drew Pine does not. Drew Pine, if the play doesn't work, it, the game, Drew Pine's not going to help you out with like a, a tremendous throw or, or a tremendous run. Um, he's just not that type of play. He just doesn't have the skill set. And few do. And, and he's one of the few. Uh, he, he does not. So um, he definitely looked all the bit a backup quarterback uh, in this last game. So hopefully he bounces back against the be But um, what, what, is going on here, Mags? What do we blame this on? Because we are going to play the blame game a little bit. We don't like to do it, but we are going to play the blame game. What is going on with this Notre Dame football team? The inconsistency. Where do you, where do you think it stems from? I mean, I'm shocked to say this, like knowing how we talked about him at the beginning of the his hiring. But I do feel like it, there is a, a definite culture issue. Um, and I don't know if it's that Marcus Freeman is being too easy on the guys. I know that he said that um, he said he gave props to Tommy Reese or something. And you just don't know if that's, I mean, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but Tommy Reese should not be someone who's getting kudos right now. And so it makes me think, well, what is he saying to the players? And, you know, Brian Kelly, as much as we disliked him when he was gone or when he left, I can kind of believe him being very strict and like harsh. And you see him getting really angry on the sidelines. And I just don't, know if Marcus Freeman has that same sentiment and that mm. might work for him and you know a few years like this might age very poorly um <laughs> but it just seems like they yes they're like yeah we love Marcus Freeman we want to play for Marcus Freeman but where are the results like where is that actual why are we losing to Marshall and Stanford right. and the inconsistency kind of feels like it's like a culture issue right uh, I I kind of agree with you I see it as um and uh, well, a couple things. One, I think Marcus Freeman is a new coach. He's a young guy. He's going to need to learn how to win football games. And I think the way you do that is you don't go for things like fourth and two inside the five. You actually take the points, you take your medicine, and you kick it, and you get three points. Three points, if he had done that down there, we'd have won this game and gotten away. And everybody could be like, geez, we played poorly, but at least we got the win. Um, he makes decisions that a new coach who hasn't coached, done a lot of head coaching does, where it's fourth and two and he, let, he coaches like a fan like I was like yes go for it fourth and two and then you're like oh boy we should, certainly could have used that three points um a winning coach a Brian Kelly who like I said I'm not a huge huge fan of but I do respect that he wins football games and what he would always do is take points when they're there you know you never know when you're gonna get you're gonna need them so and Marcus Freeman has not so far. He has been a guy who's been rolling the dice and has been going for it for, and we haven't done well with our fourth down um, play. And so especially bad if you're inside the red zone, you're going for it and you're not making it. Uh, Charlie Weiss, a coach who had some successes and a lot of uh, failures did that as well. Where it was like, take the points. So I think that's, and I hope that's the thing that Marcus Freeman will learn. Um, you know, you don't always, you can, you can sometimes back up and take the points. You don't always have to be so aggressive. 
Um, the other piece is um, I think he is going to get all his people in. And I think in a couple of years, this is going to be a super team. Um, if he keeps recruiting, I just don't see how any way around what you couldn't be. Um, uh, and then to address what you're talking about, the cultural issue, I do think there's a problem where a lot of their best players are the younger players on the team, the sophomores. Um, and uh, the seniors are not carrying the load. And I think there is some friction there. I just sense it. Um, I have no proof. I have no like stories from the team, but um, I kind of think that, you know, you look at even, let's just take the offensive line for an example. The best players, Blake Fisher and, and uh, Joe Alt. They're the best linemen. The least productive line, and they're sophomores. The least productive lineman is probably Zeke Carell. And he is a, what, a fifth year senior? Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, the other one, Jared Patterson's had a disastrous move over to guard. And he's a six-year senior, I believe, or a fifth-year. Um, I mean, I think Josh Lugg is a six-year. I don't know. The veterans on that offensive line are not doing as well as the sophomores. That has to lead to some problems. Anyway, I'm just reading into it, and I'm rambling a bit. But I'm, again, so, wow. so frustrated <laughs> with this team and their inconsistencies. Um, and I think there's been a reluctance, too, if I can keep going. Sorry, Maggie. Um, a reluctance to play our freshman. Tobias Mayweather gets in, makes a brilliant play down the middle, um, and then rarely seen from him again. Um, he's not, I don't think he's even on the depth chart against UNLV. So uh, I don't know what to make of any of this. This is a team in turmoil right now. Thank God we have UNLV to play. Um, so let, let, so where, let's just get to it. Where, where does this loss leave Notre Dame for the season? What, do you, when, what is your prediction maybe for a record? or what, How do you think this all plays out? You know, I know last week you were talking about the playoff, which seems crazy now. That's um, over. <laughs> That's over. And I honestly think that a New Year's Six Bowl is also out of out of the question. I think mm-hmm. that I just looking at the rest of our schedule. Right. Um, Three losses and two, with two of those being against disastrous teams. You, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I could. I'm not saying that we're not going to beat USC, Syracuse, or Clemson. I feel like there is a chance that we have one of those games like UNC or BYU, which – yeah. Like where we play well. Um, but I just at this point, like want to get to a bowl game, say, okay, well, this was like a rocky first season, but like, let's improve. Mm-hmm. We're getting all these recruits in. Right. Um, it's really hard to say that like in six games, like the season's over, but that's just kind of like being knowing Notre Dame. Like that's, mm-hmm. yeah. it just feels like it's kind of like, kind of roll with the punches at this point. Like it's just gonna kind of a, uh, Hopefully we'll make it to a bowl. That's kind of yeah. all I can say. Yeah, uh, I think they'll make it to a bowl. I think they're going to win. They win six games. So I, I, I figured, but they might only win six. I mean, it could be one of those years. Um, I, I also though also believe still that they could could run the table. And if they run the table, it still could end up being a like you said, like a, a leap into next year. Um, I, I don't think they. I still think they have a shot with Clemson. I definitely think they have a shot with USC and Syracuse. I don't think those teams are as good as their record says. So I'm still optimistic. If Notre Dame plays their good game, it's just a matter of can they play their good game. I, and so hopefully this is the final wake up call for that. Um, okay, we got to pick an offensive and a defensive player for that game. May um, you, you go ahead first? Offensive player of the game. Yeah. So. I, thinking about it, really difficult because I can't really pick Michael Mayer again. Um, <laughs> well, he actually didn't have a great game. I mean, he had yeah. some drop passes and, you know, blocking was average. So I, I, I'm going with um, Estime. I feel like, you know, he got a touchdown. He played well enough. 
um, there wasn't a strong enough offensive performance where I'm like, this player is definitely the offensive player of the game. Right. So I'm, I'm fine to stick with Estime because, you know, he scored some points. Really? Um, he had a huge fumble. Don't you remember his fumble? I did forget about that. Just, <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. As How dare saying. you pick Austin, Estime? Yeah. <sighs> But you said it, so we'll say it. But I said it, so it really shows, though, how bad the offensive performance was. Right, right. I mean, you're not off. You're not too far off. He doesn't fumble that ball, which is a big if. He would have probably been your player of the game because they were driving for the go-ahead score there. All right, my offensive player of the game is the other running back. I I was going to go Tobias Merriweather, but um, because it was just fun to watch that happen, and that's kind of the future talent that we have coming down the pipe. But I'm going with Logan Diggs. I thought Logan Diggs has been playing great, uh, really running well. I would always put him as the number one back. Just give him the ball now. Estime uh, is okay. He just fumbles. You can't trust him too much. So Logan Diggs is my player of the game. How about defensive player of the game, Maggie? This game just made it really difficult to, like, <laughs> choose a player yep, on the other sure. side of the ball. Um, I'm going with giving, like, props to a new guy, I guess. Um, who I think we kind of saw on the field, I think it was this game, and we were like, oh, who is that? And that's um, Nana Asafomensa, I think. Okay, yeah, he had a great game. Yeah, Um, I mean, stats-wise, like, he could have done better. I was going to choose J.D. Bertrand because of all the flack we gave him last week, but I think that because of this, where this team is, looking at those new emerging faces is just going to be the better part of the season, and I think he played decently, especially for... Like, I think he's been on the field before, um, but I finally noticed him this time. Yeah. I, I am going to go with JT Bertrand just because that was a fumble. I can't believe they overturned it. That cost us the game as far as the refereeing. If you want to blame the referees, you shouldn't have to against Stanford, but in this case, you can. That was a fumble. JT Bertrand made a nice play. Uh, it was nice to see him kind of get a bounce back on that. All right. Very weak offensive and defensive players as uh, they've earned it. All right, UNLV coming into town, another home game on the great Peacock. (laughs) What do you think, Maggie? What are you looking for in this game? What do you want to see? More who I want to see. And I think it's time for Angeli. It's UNLV. And, you know, maybe he doesn't start. Maybe Pine gets the first quarter. I just feel like if Pine's not playing to, like, an absurd like Heisman level talent. Wow. Um, I I do feel like it's time to you know it's UNLV. It's like very uh, okay low not very this low stakes because we thought Stanford was low stakes. Yeah, there are no more low stakes games, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, lesser stakes. Um, yeah. and we just need a better like cohesive performance where we can actually score. And I feel like maybe adding in a new quarterback might be risky because he's so young but also might invigorate the offense. Right. Um, because that's kind of what we saw with Buckner last year with Cone. I mean, Cone was like right. a snooze right. fest at times, and Buckner right, right. kind of added that energy. Right. Um, Pines just being right. sloppy, and I feel like we need a, a fresh face. Okay, well, let me ask you this question then. Uh, how many bad drives do you think it would take before Angeli comes in? Let's say, let's, let, let me give you a scenario. Um, it's 0-0 after the first quarter, and Notre Dame has – maybe two first downs at total should Angeli come in. I think I, I think so. Okay. I'm not the coach. Well, no, um, no, I'm not, I'm not asking you. I'm just saying, do you think I'm, I'm asking you? I just feel like why at that point would we be zero zero? Was there like a fumble? Exactly. Right. Um, no, just say there's just been nothing going on. Punts, punts, punts. Yeah. So yeah. I think then you need some energy and that's right. Angeli. And would you, how about, would you bring him, 
I guess depending on what he did, like he charges, it takes him right down for a touchdown when you probably just keep him in. But what if he even gets a few first downs, would you keep him in? Or would you, or would you, are you thinking about like a rotation? I think see what Angeli, if nothing's happening after the first quarter and you're playing mm-hmm. UNLV, I think right. you can put in Angeli for a few drives at that point and see how right. it goes. And then well, if I you want to so. rotate, rotate. But I think yeah. add Angeli no matter what. Yeah, I want to see Angeli uh, in the game, but I wasn't th- even thinking of that. I, w- I wasn't even thinking, boy, if they stall, Angeli should come in, which I think you're right. I think if it's like, if we can't get a- an early lead on these guys, Angeli should. But the, um, the, 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 I was thinking more like if we're up by 30, Angeli should be in. So I was thinking it. So, hmm. What I'm looking to see is that. I'm looking to see Notre have a 10 nothing lead after the first quarter. And just take, you know, take it to this team. You got to take it and, and stretch the field. I want to see Tobias Merriweather. I want to see um, Bray, Braden Lindsay. Um, explosive plays is what I want to see. We haven't seen any explosive plays this year. I want to see explosive plays. Um, the most explosive was the Tobias Merriweather catch, I guess. But All right, so what do you think is going to happen? What's your prediction? I think, you know, I've given – I know you really want to blow it. Of course, I'm not, not okay with, ha- like, blowing them out. Right. I just feel like – we're just going to eke away or I said eke, but we'll get the win and it'll be close and it'll be tight and we'll be frustrated, but we'll be like, they won. Um, <laughs> ultimately. Right. I just, you know, you're 30 and nothing putting Angelian makes more sense because of the past. Right. But I'm thinking, how are we going to even get to 30? No. Like I can't even see getting no. to 30 with pine. Well, I think that is the key. Have we even got, we haven't gotten to 30 all year. I, I think that's the goal. So I would say, yeah, get to 30. Let's get to 30 points. Did we get, we got to 30, sorry, against North Carolina. Um, but we haven't, and you toss out that game. We haven't gone over 30 points. Yeah. We have to get, get to 30. I would love to get to 40, but, but let's just really a victory. I think would be get to 30 points. Yeah. But I'm also, that, go ahead. I'm also, um, this is changing the subject a little bit. If you want to finish. Oh, okay. Well, let me just finish then. I, I would say that that shows you the state of our, our offense when getting to 30 against UNLV is the goal. <laughs> like if you start to see it, I go get to fifty. Uh, this is getting to thirty, and I'd be happy. So that shows you the state of our offense, which is atrocious. But go ahead. I was also saying it's worth noting because I don't know if this will happen in the rest of the episode. Yeah. But we did lose a tight end this week. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> um, I believe one. we're getting Mitchell Evans back, or at least I think so. Um, but one thing that's odd to me, and this is not really a prediction, but it's odd to me how Notre Dame on like. Instagram and Twitter has kept it relatively like business as usual. Like yeah. I think that we're not realizing they're not realizing or maybe not showing how bad that loss was. They were doing all this like promotional stuff, which I get, but I was like, it feels like we won. Like right. it feels like I can't believe we lost. And they're doing all this. <laughs> um, it was funny. Cause they were doing all the tight end you stuff. Yeah. I'm like, we have like three tight ends in the depth chart right now, like total. So <laughs> It'll be an interesting rest of the year for the tight ends, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Uh, I thought it might be fun quickly. And we'll just go, well, we have about 10 more minutes left in the episode. So let's quickly go through grades of the coaches. Probably kind of unfair considering they're coming off the worst loss they've had. But grades for the coaches. Al Gordon, Golden, how do you think he's done this so far this year? I think he's been a high point of the team. I think our defense is in this past game, our defense didn't make the stop 
But the reason they were put in that position was because offensively nothing was happening. Right. Um, so I would give them like a solid B. Like I think the defense has stayed rather consistent considering right. the players we lost. Right. Um, and he just kept the ship afloat. So I okay. would say B. I think a B also. I think that one thing, and again, it happened last week. For some reason, we can't finish games defensively. When we need a stop, we don't get it. So even Stanford was able to cut like three or four minutes when they shouldn't have uh, off the clock. And uh, after the estimate fumble, um, we should have stuffed him right there. We weren't able to. So um, that's the only takeaway. That's why he's not an A. I give him a B. Tom Reese? I'm going to keep this one short because I feel like I could go on for a bit. Um, But because of this last performance and what I'm thinking of, I I give him (laughs) like a D plus. Like yeah. a very low grade. I yeah. think that the only thing that's carrying the offense right now is a few running back plays yeah. and Michael Mayer. That's yeah, kind of it. it seems to be Tom, Tom Reese doesn't understand that we have more speed than most of the teams we've played. And we don't need, um, we don't need to, um, we can just run these basic plays. Like we could just out athlete all the teams we've played so far, except for Ohio state. And we don't seem to know we can do that. So uh, I would love to get these guys in space, get them the ball, and just have them make plays. Brain Lindsay, Tobias Merriweather, um, it, it just, it, Chris Tyree. They've just not been used. They don't know how to use speed. So I give them the D plus. I think it's a great grade. Marcus Freeman. I think he is showing his use in the position. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would probably put him – I think he's doing better than – it's hard because, you know, he's technically like part of Tom Reese and right. Al Golden's success. and right. Yeah, it flows from him. Yeah. Um, so I would give him like mid-range. So if I'm giving a D to Reese and a B to Golden, I'll give yeah. Marcus Freeman a C. I think that he's, again, a little too a little too like young right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's playing things very politically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would give him a C. I, I give him a C also uh, because of I think the coaching has been ugh, not great and the consistency falls to him. And I think he would say that. Um, but he's gotten an A plus in recruiting. I got another recruit this week, um, the love kid, the running back. Um, so the Notre Dame recruiting class is still looking good. He's holding that together, even in a rough season. So that tells you he's excellent at a recruit. Imagine if we're having a great season, how what he would be able to do. Um, so Marcus Freeman gets a C from me, and we're all both Marcus Freeman fans. Um, so we hope it. Ex- Anyone else you want to talk about grade wise? I don't have an exact grade, but I will just say what's disappointing. And okay. I think you know it's not a surprise because I talk about this every week. The wide receivers. There's a reason uh-huh. I choose a new wide receiver right. every week. Right. Um, and so Chancey uh, Stuckey. Right. Chancey Stuckey. Right. Just development-wise of wide receivers, we have a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Especially with Merriweather, it's been really confusing. Right. Um, and I just, you know, I think we should be seeing wide receivers making catches. And I feel like, you know, they're not really doing their job. So mm-hmm. okay. not, not a great performance so far. Okay. Uh, quickly, we didn't. This is gonna be very quick. We didn't do offensive and defense predictions for the UNLV game. Who's your players for offense and defense? Give me both. Okay, offensive. Because of the tight end thing I alluded to earlier, I'm gonna mm-hmm. go not with Michael Mayer. I'm gonna go okay. with his backup. I'm gonna go with Holden Stays, who okay. I believe is a freshman or a sophomore. Okay. And yeah, then defense. Offense. Who's your defense? Um, defensively. I'll go with like um, I'll go with Cam Hart. I think he's had a tough run of it, and okay. I think this maybe gets interception. Okay, I'm going with Braden Lindsay, our favorite uh, on uh, offense, and I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Joseph on defense. And uh, he might even run a punt punt back. So, um, picks Maggie, five minutes picks. Yes. Okay. So first 
is the game day. I have uh, UCLA at Oregon. Mm, good game. Interesting mm. game. Um, I have UCLA winning because I don't – people love Bonex. I'm not a Bonex fan. Yeah. Um, so I'll go with UCLA. Okay. I, I'm going to go with um, – oh, you're on UCLA. I'm going to go with um, – gosh, this is a tough one for me. Um, because the same reason you, I am going to go with Oregon though, because of their defense, not because of their Bo Nix. But uh, just side note, ESPN was talking about Bo Nix again today. So anyway, they love them. All right, next. Next is Kansas State at TCU. Mm-hmm. Good, another good game. I am going to go with Kansas State. Uh, they have a, they have a propensity for beating top ten teams, and uh, TCU has got to have a flat game pretty soon. So I'm going K- Kansas State and Adrian Martinez. I love Kansas State, um, but I'm going with TCU because they're at home, and I don't really know what to expect with the Big 12. Yeah, Sunny Dykes. A lot of points, I'm thinking. All right. Um, Next, actually, another Big 12 is Texas at Oklahoma State. Mm. I'm going with Texas. I feel like Uh the reason they're not ranked higher is because they lost Quinn Ewers, who is Mm -hmm. back. Um, And Oklahoma State, I feel like, always does okay. So I think they're going to lose this one. Okay, I'll go with Oklahoma State. I think they're an underrated team. I've gone against them in the past, and they've bit me, so I'm going with uh, Oklahoma State. This one I kind of picked, but I feel like we're going to agree on this one. Okay. Um, It's Ole Miss at LSU. Mm, Yes. At LSU, though. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, it's your pick. Oh, my pick? Uh, I can't do it. I'm going to go with Ole Miss, although I think they're in a mess right now. I think Kelly's getting them at a good time, but I'm going with Ole Miss. I'm going to agree. I just, as much as I might miss Brian Kelly a little bit, yeah. um, <laughs> I can't. It's I don't miss Brian Pullian. So, uh, yes, right, exactly. Miss. Right, exactly. They'll make a special teams mistake, that's for sure. Uh, all right, got anything else? Or are we, is that all our games? No. I have okay, one, one more to make one it more. odd. Yeah. Yep, go ahead. Um, so, it's BYU at Liberty. Oh, um, wow, that's a weird one. Okay. Yeah, it's odd. I do have BYU in this okay. one. Um, right. To make Notre Dame season look a little better. Okay, I'm going to go with Liberty. I think that BYU team stinks, <laughs> especially after we beat them. <laughs> I'm going with Liberty. I don't, don't even know anything about Liberty this year other than their coach is still uh, Hugh Freeze, I think. And uh, I don't know anything about Liberty. They might be terrible this year. I don't think they are, but um, anyway. All right, Maggie. Uh, it's got to be better this week, right? Has to be. Has to be. A loss this week, and man – Everything we didn't even talk about that. What a loss would mean uh, to UNLV. It would be destroy the whole program. I, I don't know what would happen um, if we lost this week. So here's to a 20, 30 point win this week. Um, any final words, Maggie? I guess I'll say um, see you on the other side, everyone. All right. Go Irish. Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday night for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. 